0: It's the TEH Podcast, episode number 199. I'm Leo Notenboom of askleo.com.
1: And I'm Gary Rosenzweig of macmost.com.
0: 199. We're almost at a
1: round number. Yeah, we should, we
0: should do something I, about
1: that. I just passed the 3000th episode. So of I House, was so. going
0: to congratulate you on that. I happened to watch the opening to that video. Um, <laughs> that's that's amazing. I loved what you did, right? The, the, uh-huh. the you know, the zeroth episode and the thousandth and the two thousandth. That actually was what I found re- most interesting. Um, not was that you just don't seem to age, but oh. that... Um, uh, the quality of the video <laughs> is definitely on a positive trend. Um, when you started, I'm sure you weren't recording in HD.
1: No, uh, no, and that intro actually has each of the ones is the the number of pixels so like I think originally I was like 640 by 320 or something like that right and um so you actually see it as a little box in the middle of the the uh, 1440 screen right and then like by the time I was at episode thousand I think you know I was doing some sort of higher resolution and and then I was probably at 1920 by 1080 um for uh the uh you know the 2000th. And right. then th- at three thousand, um, I've been at fourteen forty for a long time. Um, so yeah, so it grows, you know, each each part, each intro. So yeah, that was kind of neat. But that yeah, was it's, uh,
0: I watch. yeah. It's and so, when was that first episode? How many years ago? That's fourteen. 15?
1: So that was two thousand seven. That was okay. November of two thousand seven. Okay. So that averages somewhere just shy of four episodes a week because there was there were a lot of years. Where I did three, I did Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Right. And then there were also a lot of years, like early on, where I would take like, oh, it's Christmas week, take that off. You know, right, it's right, vacation right. week, take that off, that kind of thing. So, um, so there was a lot of that stuff uh, in there to kind of, even though I've been doing five a week for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it gets, gets 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 me to three thousand by twenty twenty three. It just seems like so much, so much content. I mean, it's probably about a little shy of 10 minutes an episode. Right. So times 3,000, that's, <laughs> that's a lot of minutes. That's a lot
0: of minutes. A lot of minutes. Yeah. I uh, i am, uh, I, I'm very impressed. You know, I've got, I, I have not counted my videos. I should, I should go up to, to YouTube and see how many I've got up there. I'm sure it's in the thousand. But the issue for me is that I didn't really do what you're doing, right? I focused on articles first, and right. then eventually I said, "You know, this video thing might be might be kicking in, might be taking off. I should do those." So I've only been focusing on videos for, um, I'll say, the last three or four years. Uh, so I don't have nearly as many, but uh, but yeah, it's very cool. It's it's you know, to all you budding entrepreneurs out there, um, both Gary's three thousand uh, videos and my I don't know thousand videos, but my. I don't know four or 5,000 articles. Um, it's the power of persistence. It's the power of yes. just showing up every day um, showing up. and, and getting the, you know, turning the crank, doing the job. Um, I shared with my patrons a uh, y- couple of days ago, um, a video of one of the tools that I happen to use to, um, to keep you know to keep the machine running, especially while I was away a couple of weeks ago, which we'll talk about in a minute. But um, that's really what it boils down to, is you know having a plan, making sure you're you're churning out your mm-hmm. your your stuff all the time. So yeah. anyway, again, congratulations. That's a that's a huge milestone. I'm very impressed. Nice. So we were both traveling. Yes, Uh, over the past couple of weeks. It's one of the reasons we haven't haven't been here. Um, In my case, I went to the Netherlands for a quick trip. Uh, Let's see, it'd be two weeks now uh, ago. And um, one of the things, we've talked about this before, uh, that uh, Europe in general seems significantly more advanced in payment processing and the ease of just handling transactions. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to throw in a quick, um, oh yeah, that is so true it's gotten it's only gotten better uh, i don't think i pulled out my wallet once i did everything with my phone uh, using google pay in by case uh, but that included doing things like you know buying train tickets and getting restaurants and doing things at the airport um, you know all that kind of stuff it all just worked and i wish um, I lived in a world (laughs) where everything just worked like that. Um, so I just, I just wanted to throw that out that, you know, when it comes to tech enthusiasm, um, this is actually pretty cool stuff. I was very impressed.
1: Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I always keep tabs of that while I'm traveling Mm -hmm. and, um, trying to use Apple pay for everything, not only because uh, it's convenient not to have to pull your wallet out or carry cash or anything, but also, you know, this a security thing. And, I'm buying a lot more stuff when I'm traveling, you know, buying mm-hmm. all the meals, the su- right. there's little souvenirs, little treats, sure. getting ice sure. cream every day, um, <laughs> t- t- tons of stuff, you know, way, way more, like probably a whole level of magnitude above what I normally like on a day, like, you know, just a normal Tuesday at home, probably I buy nothing. Right. <laughs> you know, so I want to use my phone as much as possible to keep a more secure plus places where tourists go and people travel to are far more susceptible to uh, credit cards, scams yes. or skimming or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, which is uh, really something that, um, you, you, I don't know, I guess it's because a lot of tourists, a lot of employees that just don't care as much, <laughs> uh, uh, long lines of people paying very quickly, that kind of thing. Sure. So on the, I was in Ocean City, New Jersey, where I go every year, which is a very typical American vacation place.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: A, a, an American vacation place for Americans like you don't find people visiting
0: That's other countries point.
1: it's not yeah. like the statue of liberty or the grand canyon or you know that kind of thing it's like this is like it's a local uh, uh you know place that people go and but it is all like there's a boardwalk with tons of shops and restaurants and ice cream places and miniature golf as it turns out it's a specialty there so you're trying to pay with apple pay with everything it's interesting uh plenty of places are just of course you know it's right there apple pay yep. they have the new terminals you know with which is either an ipad or a little like kind of like it's just a device that's hooked up to an ipad mm-hmm. and the symbols are right there and you just you know you, you pay even before they ask you know it's like boom, beep it's done yep and uh there are then there are other places that are like a little unsure um and <laughs> oh, yeah there's one i went to one uh, miniature golf place. Why well, you know, miniature golf is kind of like, it's very old fashioned. You know, there's somebody at front, and they, you know, oh, it's going to be $8 or whatever, you know, or $16 for two or whatever. And then, you know, you deal with them and they have a cash register or whatever, but you know, it's been somewhat modernized, but you know, sometimes they're like, Apple yeah, pay. Yeah. Right here. You know, other times, like there was one time when, when uh, I went and uh, the woman there was like, well, I can do it, but you got to give me your phone and I got to walk it back here to the office. Wait, what? And I was like, I was like <laughs> no. no, here's my card. you know. And, but there was one time where actually it actually was the same place where I went and there was a man there and it was the, uh, and I forgot that they, it was like walk back to the office and I was like Apple Pay. And he's like, ah, it's all the way over there. And he points to where it is. It won't reach over here, mm. but you're welcome to come in. And he oh. opened the little door for me yeah, and let me into his office. Sure. And I did. And I was like, that works out just perfectly fine. I'm, ha- I'm happy as can be. Yep. Now, there are also other places that were like, no, we don't take Apple Pay or it's not working. And even ones that are like, oh, the, we don't take the chip that has to swipe, which is like, I'm pretty sure that's, I'm not even sure that's, uh, I would say legal. But maybe contractually. I was going
0: to say I thought they I thought they had moved on to you know chip and pin or chip is required. I know and, I'm like yeah. I
1: don't know who your bank is, but yeah. I'm pretty sure you're supposed to be taking chips now. Right. Um. Anyway, so I was like, all right, whatever. And then there's a couple places because it's New Jersey old fashioned boardwalk that are like cash only. Right. Like, oh, Really. <laughs> <laughs> so and there was one place I went to where I walked up and I went to pay and I said apple pay and the young woman behind the counter looked shocked she was like what and i was like oh apple pay do you take apple pay and he goes yeah we take apple pay and she holds the thing out and i was like well, why are you so surprised do you not get many people and she's like no most people do it just most not most people your age <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, I was like, Oh, okay. That hurts. That hurts. Yeah. It, it, well, it hurt, uh, you know, a little bit, but fine. You know, I, I mean, but I was just like, you know, okay. That's, that's kind of interesting. I'm sure there is like an age gap. Of course. But, you know, of I course, wanted to point yeah. out. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm generation X. We all do Like we love Apple Bay. You're talking about uh, the next generation after me. That's kind of like, mm, you well, know, that's, me. that's
0: me. That's me, and you know, being a boomer is and and boomer, yeah. Yes, I definitely understand that the majority of my uh, of my generation is not whipping out their phones and using Apple Pay or Google Pay. Um, but yeah, that's funny.
1: <laughs> I, I know. So it's 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 weird. So yeah, yeah. So travel stuff. Um, yeah, I Apple will pay. say that
0: when it comes to um, uh, you know contactless payment. Uh, the biggest challenge that I find these days is um, understanding where on their device the reader actually is. On some of them, you tap on, the you know, you put your phone up on the top. On some, you have to put it sideways. On some, yep. there's a separate device. It's, it's just, that's the biggest challenge right now. What what cracked me up as you were speaking is that um, there's a, a, a brewery that I go to fairly regularly here. And uh, they do, in fact, take Apple Pay and Google Pay, but only on one of their machines. And it's mm-hmm. one of those things where, oh, you want to pay that way? Okay, come on over here. It's up front. It's on the bar. It's ready to go. But it's just not every device at the bar. It's it's that specific one where you have to go down and tap to. I, uh,
1: I did notice uh, this was about a month, maybe two months ago, I... Um... I used Apple Pay at a King Supers. Of course, you know, the biggest this. The chains of uh, supermarket stores in the United States have just. Yes. You know, there's like four of them now, or whatever. Exactly. But yeah. and and actually, uh, it looks like there's about ten, but some of them are owned by others. Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Two of the biggest ones are Safeway and King Supers, and they're both here in the Denver area. And Safeway, from almost from day one, was taking Apple Pay. And mm-hmm. King Supers said, "We're going to do our own special system that everybody's going to love." And of course, nobody wanted. <laughs> nobody it was like, "Come on, Apple Pay, Google Pay, just go through the regular banking system." Right. And so they eventually gave in. But the interesting thing was, is that um, I just I just tried it one day. Like, I, I think I usually try it and then I get reminded that, oh, they don't take it. And then I use my card. And then one day I tried it and it worked. And I thought, that's interesting. I haven't read anything about that. Three days later, it was a headline. King Super's start <laughs> begins accepting Apple Pay and I was like actually they started accepting at least 3 days ago because I started using it yeah
0: that's funny the one the other thing I mentioned that I didn't pull out my wallet what cracks me up is that um uh, what see I've it's, I've been to the Netherlands like 3 or 4 times in the last 6 or 7 years and um uh, I think probably about four or five years ago, I did get some euros, right? I mean, the, yeah. the old the old approach was to, once you land in the airport, you find a cash machine, get some cash, because sure. that's usually the, the cheapest way to actually get some money. Um, I'm pretty convinced that the money that I got like five years ago um, at that cash machine at the Amsterdam airport is still sitting in my wallet because I've never, never ended up using it. Um, mm. It's all been either... Um, credit card a couple of trips ago. I still had to whip out the credit card a time or two, but then, like I said, this time it's like, Nope, Nope. Just everything on the phone. It's all there. It's all good. Hmm. Very cool. Cool. Um, Let's see. So a quick up. I uh, we talked, I think it was last time we talked about threads, the yet another social media text based social media app. Uh, Threads being the one that was built on the Instagram user base and is owned and operated by Meta. Mm. I like it. It's cool. Uh, But the thing that is preventing me from using it, truly using it, is the fact that it is not available on the desktop. Right. Um, I cannot go to, you can go to threads.net all you want. And in fact, you can even see people's profiles and some of the things that they've posted. If you have the correct URL or something like that, but if you actually, you don't have an opportunity to sign in, uh, mm-hmm. on the desktop on a website, and you don't have the opportunity certainly then to be able to post. And there have been many times lately where I said, you know, I should post that to. Th- oh, never mind, <laughs> because it's just too much work to whip out the phone and and do the thing that way. I'm, that's why I'm actually spending a little bit more time still on Mastodon. If I'm going to post something, I'll post it there. Or uh, I've been, you know, doing some stuff on Facebook a little bit more with Ask Leo. But um, that's been frustrating. Um, and I, I keep hoping, I keep wanting, I want the desktop.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, fortunately, on you know, Macs have this thing called Universal Clipboard. So, um, there have been several times. Matter of fact, probably half the time I posted on threads at this point, Mm -hmm. I have just typed it in a little text like document on my uh, Mac. Yeah. And then copy and then paste right into threads on my phone.
0: I should do that. Uh, I should look into doing yeah, that on Android.
1: I, I could do it. That takes less time, but yeah. also less grammatical mistakes or anything like that. <laughs> you know, because I'm typing but, on a real keyboard. I'm looking your at the yeah. screen and all that. So um yeah, I, I've done that. Um threads for me, so I've been I've been I'm trying hard to make threads work, uh, because not because I like meta in particular. I think I mentioned, be- maybe did I mention this before? I kind of feel like Mark Zuckerberg's kind of like in a TV series. We have that season one villain in the TV series and the season one villain is defeated or they get away or whatever. And then several seasons in, the villains get worse and worse. Mm-hmm. And then it's like season five's villain is really bad and it looks like they can't possibly defeat season five's villain. But what happens? Season one's villain comes back but is to now save, to save the day, team up with <laughs> the good guys, right? And like uneasy alliance, defeat the season five villain. I almost feel like that's what's happening here with Mark Zuckerberg. It's <laughs> like, it's like I uh, nothing's changed to make me want. To use facebook anymore right but all of a sudden it's like oh you know yeah mark zuckerberg is coming back as, as the bad guy who's kind of teaming up with the good guys at this point to defeat the like much worse bad guy gonna say but, so many
0: worse things have shown up it's actually making zuckerberg look a little bit
1: i, bad. I, I know i know and he
0: hasn't changed a bit
1: right <laughs> no 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 so you know uh but anyway a few things about threads is one is it, it feels like the last one like it feels like the progression made sense that there was mastodon Mm -hmm. and others that were around trying to Mm -hmm. make it and they got bigger every time you know twitter and i'll continue to use that term twitter screwed (laughs) up right and then and then finally you know and then blue sky comes in as this kind of like it's related there's a twitter connection right with blue sky so it's kind of like uh that comes in at just the right time and then threads comes in with its big Instagram connection right, and it feels like, like there's not going to be anything after this. I mean, I'm sure there'll be some small little social networks I want to start up, right. but I feel the, the kind of uh, assembly of, of Twitter, like, you know, social networks is now in place. And now it's time for it all to be fought out. And right. I kind of feel like, okay, threads has the huge advantage of being, you know, a company that obviously knows what they're doing um from at least you know servers and technology standpoint yes uh has the instagram connection which is really important i think and also just looking at the numbers uh, you know on, on something like blue sky or mastodon i follow people that are more famous than me but we're not talking a list we're talking you know things like book authors right. and you know it, it, people technology journalists you know people that when they post something they get re- replies Unlike me, who doesn't usually get replies when I post. And I noticed those kinds of people on like Blue Sky or Mastodon will get a few replies, maybe dozens of replies, right? Being the people that they are and having big followings. On threads, they get hundreds, which really makes me feel it's like, well, this is is definitely winning in terms of like the one that could beat uh, Twitter. Meanwhile, Twitter is doing everything it can to destroy itself. Right. Um, And technically it has destroyed itself because Twitter doesn't exist anymore. So, you know, I...
0: What I I find interesting about uh, Threads is that um, you're right. um, Unlike Twitter right now, Mm -hmm. Threads understands its technology. Um, It understands what its role in the world is. It understands what it's trying to accomplish. The big leg up that, that Threads really had um, is this uh, automatic? If you've got an Instagram account, you have a Threads account, right? Yeah. That that made onboarding trivial. Um, that and as we know, for for reasons honestly that don't necessarily need to be, but in fact are. That's one of the big obstacles to Mastodon ab- uh, adoption is that yeah. people have this concept that it's very difficult to uh, uh, to get started, where you know it it isn't really, but I get it. Um, But yeah, Threads is just and honestly, you know, even with all of the people that jumped onto Threads when it first fired up, uh, supposedly like half of them aren't using it anymore. Right. Mm. But it was such a large number that half of that large number is still a large number, Uh, certainly in comparison to um, all of the competitors. And there's a bunch of competitors, you know, uh, uh, Counter Social, Mastodon. Uh, Post.news, Blue Sky, um, uh, There's, I'm sure there's many others. Um, and that's not even including the special um, niche ones. I'll refer mm-hmm. to them politely as niche ones, uh, like say Truth Social and so forth. But um, uh, you're right. I think Threads has the possibility of being uh, the one that ultimately has the most engagement.
1: Yeah. So but, I'm trying hard to, to yeah, make really, it happen myself. I, I want them on
0: the desktop. I mean, they will. Yeah. They will have me. They will have me playing. They say um, they're
1: going to. And I know. You know what? They said that they were going to add the. You know, the following. You can. You can just see your following list. Right. And I doubted it. I doubted it on this show, and I was wrong.
0: It's there. Yeah.
1: They 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 added it. It's there. Yeah. So there now, it, it feels a little different that they actually came through with something. One of my big yeah. requests. The other thing they did is you know they originally came out when they announced and said, we're going to be part of the federation. Right. Um, You know, we're going to use the, we, we did a whole thing on it. And they, they actually reiterated that at some point, like in the last couple of weeks, they said, no, that's, we're doing that. So it's not like they said it and now they've been quiet. They've actually restated it. So that makes me feel better about that. And then getting to the desktop. uh, I, I, I mean, just the fact that you can, like you said, go to, you know, the website and see stuff, which is good because if I want, if I wanted to do the old Twitter thing of like posting a series of tweets, right? Mm-hmm. Where it, here's like a little article, here's like the five things you can do on your Mac to blah, 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 whatever. Yep. And I post it as a series and link to it. Um, I could do that knowing that people can actually access it on the web. like could right. see that yep. now yep. it doesn't you know the main reason people do that is then get followers, so it doesn't quite work. But, yeah, you can't
0: follow, you can't like, you can't yeah, share, but, you know any of that kind of stuff. But yeah. it's
1: there, yeah. which is yeah. a big difference than not being there at all. Right, huge difference. So right. I'm uh, I'm pretty happy about that. I'm pretty I I I feel better about Twitter or should we just call it X? I know we're going to talk Whatever. about that. Next. Yeah, it's nice. uh, you know X actually being killed off here. Um, or being relegated to kind of a uh,
0: irrelevancy is the, is the corner, yeah, the corner that I like, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, it's it's the, the other thing that occurs to me uh, is that it, it depending on how it's implemented, uh, Threads connection to the Fediverse mm. could potentially make uh, the desktop less critical. Yeah. Uh, by that I mean, it's very possible that uh, you can "quote unquote" post two threads using a Mastodon client. Yep. Um, or uh, conversely, you could read what's on Threads or follow people on Threads using your Mastodon client.
1: And um, and the thing that you point out all the time is, you know, getting news and information from different important sources that don't have another way to post it that that up until last year was twitter well that was what twitter did right um but having thread connected uh to all the others except for twitter it'll be strange that twitter be the one excluded from that um means that different organizations can choose how they want to distribute stuff the ones like like how npr is already uh, done it, or is it PBS or both? Um, they, you know, I've created their own server, right? Right, right. And they can stick with that. They don't yep. need to be on threads. Exactly. Right? They can stick with it. Others can say, we're just going to do threads. And still others can go and say, we're going to do like one of the main, you know, Mastodon servers or whatever. Sure. And you could have a client app or a website or even native functionality eventually built into operating systems like RSS was years ago, yes. Yep. Yep. where you could actually see, I, you know, pick like these 18 sources mm-hmm. and just show me, I don't need like the full functionality. I just want you to see the latest three posts from yep. these 18 sources in a list, aggregate that for me. If I want to actually, you know, oh, this one's on Mastodon. Great. If I click there, it will take me to my Mastodon client where I can interact with them but otherwise i could see my local police department my local yep. you know uh, border works department there or you know, whatever you know whatever you need to follow um to stay in touch with stuff and that that would be great
0: yep the other thing that i find fascinating about the the fediverse model um, is that ultimately it eliminates this need for uh verification verification has been uh, uh, broken. I mean, obviously Twitter broke the hell out of it when they basically said anybody with eight bucks can, can be verified. But um, even on other platforms, uh, verification requires jumping through some hoops and some people do and some people don't. And some people that should be verified aren't able to get verified, yada, yada. Uh, when you've got an organization uh, I think somebody's example was like the New York times or wall street journal or, or any of those, any organization that's big enough to just spin up their own Mastodon instance. Yeah. By definition, anybody who posts from that instance is verified because if they were if they're able to post from that instance, then they must be part of that organization. They have to jump through whatever hoops that organization puts mm-hmm. in place for uh, whom they allow to use their server. So um, I think there's a lot of promise in the future. I, I hope, I hope, I, you know, obviously, I hope that one of them wins. I like Mastodon for its technology and the Fediverse. Uh, I think, like you were saying, Threads probably has the biggest, um, the biggest chance just maybe because of the instant installed user base. But we shall see. So, question for you. I, I kind of yes. allude, you, you kind of alluded to the answer yeah. to this already, but what do you think of X? Oh, my goodness. <laughs>
1: Um. Yeah, boy. You know, I think you have to go back on this show three, four, five years. I don't know, somewhere near the beginning when I when I talked about reading a book about Elon Musk. You know about his like, like his biography and stuff. Yes, yes, which is really interesting. And so I knew, having read that, I knew all about. The fact that is he had this obsession with X, right? Right. He he created or he tried to create a bank, like an online bank called X.
0: Yeah, PayPal would have been X if, if yeah. he had his way. Yes. If
1: if it yeah. So I I forget how it worked out, but he ended up on the on kind of the losing end in that he got a ton of money, right? Instead of the company, right? right. He basically merged, and he was the one that you know every merger is really a sale, and he was the one that sold rather than the one that. Did you know bought? Um, but anyway, so that would have been X, and he's been obsessed with the idea of having a company that just does everything for everybody
0: the, the everything app,
1: the everything company, yeah, everything yeah. app. And it starts with financials and banking and stuff like that. And he mentioned when he was going to buy Twitter before he actually did that he wanted to do this, he wanted Twitter to be the beginning of an everything app. Um, so it's no surprise that he wanted to do this, it wasn't a surprise that he did it so quickly. And didn't even really hint at it very much, just did it. And it was like, mentioned it one day. I was like, oh, that's something that might happen a few months down the road. Nope. Next day it was done, <laughs> you know, and then, oh, now the app's changing and there's a new logo. And now they put a ridiculous sign on top of a skyscraper, um,
0: which it, they've had to take down, by which the way, they
1: had to take, but <laughs> they didn't get it. Permi- well, I heard, I read somewhere, I don't know if somebody was just making it up, but that they tried to put it up during the day. And there were various people involved. Said, "Oh, you can't do this." So he said, "Okay." So then he found some people that would put it up in the middle of the night.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then it's it's super bright, so it's like, okay, yes, nobody will notice. Blink. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so the I, neighbors. I, it's so bright. I think he just thought it was like, oh, you know, ask for you know, instead of uh, beg for forgiveness, they asking him for permission. Right. Like, like right. he thought if I put it up, I'll just have to pay a fine, and it'll yeah. be fine, you know, and all that, but. But the whole thing—the idea of of buying Twitter, where arguably one of its biggest assets was the name, right, right? right—and then throwing that away completely. Yep. I mean, I first I thought this makes sense. He's just doing what Meta did, right? Meta was Facebook, and Facebook owned Instagram, right? And then they said, "No, "No, let's do this. Let's have Meta just like Google became Alphabet." right Right. but google is still google that's still the search engine and all that and there's still tons of stuff called google docs google this google that and meta said no no okay we're just gonna have a a parent company meta and it's gonna own facebook it's gonna own instagram it's gonna own whatsapp and all that and i thought that this makes total sense x will own twitter twitter and eventually x could maybe own some of his other stuff too he's got a bunch of companies and then um and then no no he's just he really just threw away the name threw away the, away the name threw away the logo uh i i don't even the only thing is that he actually owns that domain name i believe because of that company from all those years ago
0: Oh, x.com yes so i so what well, i find I, what i find really annoying and yeah. uh, i mean there's so many there's so many things that that have happened that are annoying but this one just shows to me um, the the underlying issue uh, is that somebody owned the twitter handle x yeah they don't anymore he nope. didn't ask he didn't negotiate he didn't offer he just took it um which i find um just horrid i just absolutely horrid um you know some 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 random person uh, who managed to get it way back when uh, doesn't have it anymore
1: yeah and there's also a thing with the app store um oh that's the right. apple app store <laughs> where uh yeah they Uh, they tried to change the app to X and it turns out there's a two character minimum for app names. (laughs) So they couldn't, I'm surprised they didn't do X and an, and an explanation point, (laughs) you know?
0: Oh, there you go. Sure.
1: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Like Yahoo, you know, Um, but no, or
0: ask Leo. Yes.
1: Yeah. So it's just, it's kind of weird. Uh, As a matter of fact, I don't even know. I'm looking on the Mac app store and the Mac app, I guess has not been updated yet. Because it still says Twitter, but it's from X-Corp. The right. Twitter app from X-Corp. So that's kind of strange. But yeah, there's a lot of... Um...
0: Oh, and so here I am in um, the the Android app store. Yeah. And there is an X app. Already. Lit- Somebody literally else? X, owned by X-Corp.
1: Oh, so um, it's, yeah.
0: And it's got one... That's right. one 1 billion plus downloads, so it must be the real app. It's, it's uh, the real what I was going to see is if if I search for Twitter, what do I find? Oh,
1: yeah, I see it, now that X is actually X in the App Store. So as of right now, oh, okay. something, Apple has either made yeah. an exception right, or they've done something uh, clever with, say, putting a non-breaking space <laughs> after that. It was the first thing I would have tried.
0: A, a Unicode um, space or something. I, yeah. I,
1: I, but I wouldn't be surprised if they went in and... Because it, it may be that Apple didn't actually have a rule saying it has to be uh, at least two characters. It right. may just been a technical limitation and either
0: that or um the, it just needed to go through an additional level of verification. By the way, if I search for Twitter in the Android app store, mm. um it's X that shows up.
1: Yeah, well, so you would Twitter imagine, Twitter's gone.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't have the. I, I deleted the Twitter app long ago, so I have no idea if it automatically updated to X on everybody's installations.
1: I mean, it's it, it's just it's very bizarre. Yep. I mean, the the word isn't the word tweet in the dictionary now?
0: Uh it might be. Um yeah.
1: Yeah, I, You know, I mean, I could, uh, he's yeah. Just, he's so just it's, burning
0: so much intellectual property and social property. I mean, you get just, a oh. word.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the, obviously the word tweet is in the dictionary because it, it meant something before. Right. Um, but, but the after, definition
0: has been updated,
1: you know, to, yes, to reference Twitter. And now, of course, has, he's throwing all that away. He's throwing. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, it's in the Oxford English Dictionary as the number two definition after a chirp of a small or young bird. <laughs> wow. um, and he threw that away. Uh, it's just I mean,
0: it boggles I, I the wonders,
1: I do understand the X. I don't understand why it's not Twitter as a product, right of X, yep, you know, or even calling it the app name, you know, saying, oh yes, to access all the X services, use the Twitter app, Twitter by X or something. I don't know uh, it yeah. could it could have been yeah. done so many different ways, but it just it's just uh, and and I'm to the point now where Not only have I stopped posting at Twitter, but boy, do I get mad when I see somebody somewhere, like there's a newsletter or something, and there's a link, and it turns into a Twitter thread. Right. Like somebody has said, I have content to post, and the way I'm going to do it is publish it on Twitter. It's like, publish it on your own site. Uh, Put it on Twitter in addition, if you wish. Yes. I I will not argue that. Sure. I'm not doing it, but.
0: That's true yeah. for, I mean, this, we've had this discussion too, about, you know, we, we call it digital sharecropping. Posting your content on somebody else's platform only is a recipe for failure, no matter what the platform is, right? Yeah. Twitter just happens to be the current example, but we've seen it so many different times. Post your content someplace you own so that it's yeah. there for you forever. Then if you want to distribute it in various places, go for it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. When I see somebody posting stuff on Twitter these days or sharing stuff on on Twitter, I don't get angry. I just get disappointed um, yeah. because, like you, I, I don't want to consume more content on Twitter um, or X or whatever the hell. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, it's it's tough. It's and really it gets
1: tough. and it's worse when it's an actual like uh, a public service type of organization, whether it's government or not. Uh, I at least understand
0: their position because there is no place right now, arguably other than maybe Facebook, where they're getting that same kind of audience at that same kind of speed that they used to get on Twitter. So I don't think those organizations really know where to go. I think most of them are in a holding pattern, waiting for exactly what we've been talking about. They're waiting to see. Who's gonna win? And once there's a clear winner, or even a vague winner, uh, I think you'll see a lot of organizations move in mass, or at least uh, duplicate their efforts in mass, on whoever that winner turns out to be.
1: Yep, and hopefully we will see news organizations if they insist on continuing to have posts on their as part of their news broadcast and part of their research. Cause I, you know, I hate when they do that. I hate when mm-hmm. they put the tweets at the bottom of the screen mm-hmm. and I hate when they do lazy journalism and say, you know, here's an article. And all of the research we did was do a search on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and here's what a bunch of people are saying about whatever it is, right. right? Right. And it's like, oh, it's lazy journalism, right? I mean, it's easy to do. You could just write articles all day long like that. Yep. Um, and I hate when they do that, but if they're going to keep doing that, I want to start seeing... Uh, you know, uh, uh links t- not just to Twitter, or maybe the links to Twitter clearly go away, but links to uh, threads. I was just looking at a couple of new sites now, and I still see the little logos. I see the little Facebook logo, you know, oh, under yeah. the under the byline, <laughs> I see the Twitter logo, and uh, and that's what? well, in this case, that's it. So, I guess the Twitter
0: know. logo is going to need to get updated to the X logo. Huh?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, boy, because <laughs> newspapers—they're so fast to jump on that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I'm trying to see if there's others. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully we see that uh, that move. I mean, they hey, Threads has a little logo, a little thread thing. Oh yeah. You know, and they—they're all ready. They're all set with that. You know, they thought about that. So let's let's get that happening. So um, anyway, there's there's, there, let's talk about something completely the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: let's let's dig this hole deeper. Let's let's, let's follow the rabbit deeper. hole even further. Yeah. So
1: so there was a group, uh, that uh, what's what's their name, uh, the Center for uh, Countering Digital Hate, the CCDH. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They they basically do research and report kind of thing, um, and they look at things like on social media networks how much. Uh, misinformation there is. So just looking for facts that are wrong, false, um, that's easy to, to find. And then also looking for things that uh, are basically, you know, uh, I don't know, carrying on hate or whatever. And they have ways of quantifying it and doing reports. And they came out with a n- new report that, surprise, surprise, says that uh, hate and misinformation is thriving right now on mm-hmm. X. Um, uh, especially recently, right? So Elon Musk's policies have predictably led to more of this. Um, And that Twitter is not acting on them. That uh, 99% of hateful content posted by Twitter blue subscribers. So even just sticking with those um, to like maybe weed out a lot of bots that might still be around and such, Mm -hmm. uh, 99% are going uh, uh, without action. Twitter's just letting them post, um, and, uh, and conspiracy narratives and all sorts of things. So they posted a report, which normally would not get much attention. It gets one headline, right? Every mm-hmm. news, news organization says it once, and we all roll our eyes and say, of course. Of course, yes. Fun. <laughs> Tell except, me something that, new. <laughs> except that, of course, um, I suspect that Elon wants more people to know about this. Because, really, he threatened to sue them, yes. which brought another round of headlines.. Right. And then today he is suing them. So so he's keeping that report in the headlines. He's doing a great job. This is probably the most prominent report, you know the most uh, report that's gotten the most attention out of any report like this in a long time, thanks to his efforts to keep it in the news.
0: Um, yeah I'm thinking Streisand effect myself but well
1: yeah, yeah obviously but it's <laughs> it's the dumbest thing and and he's suing them based on two, it seems like two things one is he says it's false right um and the other is he says they scraped uh stuff from Twitter in order to gather their data and it's going against the uh, terms of service and that's actually there's a, another company involved and how the data was obtained and all this stuff right um but of course you know there's the whole thing you know when news organizations gra- gather uh information uh like this mm-hmm. uh there's the rules actually are a little bit different right you know when it's when it's this kind of thing But yep. it's like if you want to mine uh Twitter's data, for some sort of like using it, and it's a, a large language model that you're going to make money off of. Or, oh right, yep. Or yeah. you know, it's just something that you're going to do, to, you know, to make money. Maybe predict the stock market based on what people are saying. Whatever. That's one thing. But when you're actually going to go and say, "Oh no, we're about like creating reports and doing research," um, there's actually like the, the rules vary a little bit, right? Right. Because yep. um, you yep. have to be able to. Journalists need to be able to investigate things. Yep. And anyway, so this is interesting that he's doing this, that he's suing them, and uh, yeah, and it's a real lawsuit, and I'm kind of like dumbfounded by the whole, the whole thing. I that don't
0: know what he hopes to accomplish, because. Ultimately, I I think it's it's extremely unlikely that he would prevail. What that means, though, is that his intent is very likely not to prevail, but just to cause trouble and potentially um, act as kind of a, a dampening effect on others who might try and do the same thing. It's basically the moral equivalent of a... Uh, uh, I, I've, I'm reluctant to call it a meta slap suit, but it's, it's one of those things where they're just causing uh, suing people in order to cause those people trouble and hopefully prevent them from doing whatever it is they're doing in the future to think twice because they, not because what they're doing is wrong, but because they don't want to get sued.
1: Right. And I think that is definitely his intention. But yeah. Yeah. I also think that also backfires because oh, yeah. there are probably other organizations that are like, hey, I just figured out how to solve like our whole traffic problem to our website. We just need to go and just a little bit of research, come out with our own report.
0: All we need then, to do is piss off Musk.
1: And then we piss off Musk and we'll get tons of attention. So um, the yeah. other
0: thing I, I I expect actually will happen here. I don't know the, the, um, the size or the scope of the CCDH. I have no idea what kind of an organization they are, but... Uh, this seems like the kind of a thing where uh, other organizations, uh, in with the intent of keeping things open and free, will step in and help organizations like um, the Electronic Frontier Foundation or the ACLU yes. or any number of other organizations that have been uh, working very hard uh, in, in this very field to try and counter these kinds of silencing effects.
1: Yep, indeed. So enough about X. Yes. Yes,
0: let's talk about something more pleasant, the Hollywood strike.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Um, yeah. So the Hollywood strike really doesn't have too much to do with tech. A- except, well, except for, of course, how the there's the AI, <laughs> yeah. and then there's the you know, streaming stuff. But there's right. another there's another aspect that I find interesting, and it's um uh how this is affecting creators and influencers, so people on YouTube, TikTok, mm-hmm. Instagram, and all that uh, it's interesting how it affects them because these people didn't really exist the last time there was a strike like this. Right. So it's a whole new thing. Now, um, one of the things that's happening is that there's still a lot of movies and a lot of TV shows that are in the can, right. Ready to launch, right. Hollywood's probably got a year's worth of stuff in, Mm -hmm. in the pipeline. And they need to promote this, and usually they promote it by having the actors go on talk shows, uh, do interviews, all of that stuff. Not only will the actors not do that because they're on strike, right. but the talk shows aren't even on because the writers uh, strike. So right. it's so none of that can be done, but th- these movies are going to come out, and they need to promote them in some way, and of course they'll do commercials and all, but the, one of the few avenues left is this new realm of influencers and creators, uh, and going to them and then p- paying them to promote movies and TV shows, which is something that's been going on for a few years now. Sure. Not unusual, right? Especially if there's an influencer, like if there's somebody that's really big into, say, Dungeons and Dragons and there's a Dungeons and Dragons movie. Right. Give them a bunch of free stuff or pay them a few thousand dollars to, you know, or give them a tour, you know, have a have them interview one of the actors. You want to interview Hugh Grant? Here you go. You know, yep. here's your chance. And get these influencers to you know, promote the movie through their TikTok channel or YouTube or whatever. It makes sense. But the interesting thing is, is that um, influencers and creators are not necessarily journalists. Some of them are, right? If Mm -hmm. you're doing like a channel and your thing is to review movies, then you're you're like a journalist, just like a newspaper reviewer, right? Mm -hmm. That would review movies and you're going to continue to review movies. But some of the people that do this type of work, they create interesting content and they may have tie ins to movies and TV shows, but they're themselves, they are themselves uh, performers, right? They're creating their own content, right? And a lot of them have hopes to actually either become actors or have that as kind of a side thing, right. uh, make little appearances in TV shows, right? Neat. Hey, we got this famous TikTok or the dead body and a ncis or whatever you know that kind of <laughs> that kind of deal you know but there's that kind of thing and some of them would really like to go into acting either right. full-time or just as like part of what they do and that usually means joining the screen actors guild and a lot of them specifically really want to do that one day um so the interesting thing is is that the screen actors guild says oh yeah don't promote the movies <laughs> yeah. Uh, you don't do that. I mean, you, technically you don't have to, cause you're not a member of SAG, but if you want to be a member of SAG, yeah, it's not exactly. going to help your case. If now you're basically crossing the picket lines right. to do a promotion for a movie. So it becomes a really interesting thing where you may have one influencer that just falls to the one side of like, Hey, I'm not an actor. I'm not really, you know, I talk about pop culture and I kind of consider myself a journalist and I'm gonna talk about this movie and I'm gonna take the money for promoting it, for doing cross promotion or the free, whatever it was, or go to the premiere of the movie right. that they've invited me to. Because the actors aren't going to the premieres, so you right. invite a bunch of influencers to the premieres. And other, and then just, just slightly to the other side of that might be somebody that says, oh, I create a lot of little comedy stuff and sometimes it's about this. And now I've been invited to a premiere because they want me to talk about it. And I have to say no because one day I may be looking at getting into SAG and I don't want to have crossed the picket line here. Right. And then right. there's people that just won't do it. Cause it's like, i want to, you know, in solidarity with the, the actors and the writers, right. uh, that kind of thing. And you really got to go and figure out where you stand as somebody uh, you know, whether if you're going to accept promotional stuff, uh, whether it's a, it's a been interesting. Um, yeah.
0: To follow, you know, I'll, I'll, like you probably, I follow a few um, actors and actresses mm-hmm. um, on social media. And it's been interesting because one of them specifically attended, I think there was a Comic Con that went on like a few weeks yeah. ago. And she ended up uh, specifically not filming or talking about or showing anything related to any of the movies that were covered there or any of the productions that were covered there she ended up doing some other stuff that was interesting You're talking about, for
1: about felicia day or
0: yes yes exactly yeah. <laughs> um yeah and and that you know that that's an example of okay yeah we could there's still a lot we could do it just won't involve the the movie houses the production companies um i think the the real risk for influencers are Uh, the ones who don't know enough to care. Remember that a lot of influencers um, are there because they're lucky, not because they're necessarily um, uh, strategizing properly. So there are probably probably enough influencers out there who say, you know, I don't care. I don't care about the strike. I'm going to keep on making money. And, you know, 10 years from now, I won't want to be in SAG. I'll just be doing what I'm doing now and making even more money. Whereas 10 years from now, in reality, they'll be looking for a job and they won't be able to get one uh, because of the, you know, because of what they chose to do now. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's some, there's some definite, in, some definite risks there. I'm really interested in under, in seeing just exactly how long this strike will last, because I suspect that um, it's going to be a long one. I suspect it's going to really disrupt Um, Mm -hmm. what we see not this year as you pointed out there's a lot of stuff that's in the can Uh, but like next year and the year thereafter it's going to be a very very interesting and potentially unfortunate world i I know that there's a lot of movies that you know have halted production that i'm really interested in seeing Uh, and they may not be out for quite some time
1: no uh, and 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 i'm interested to see like at what at some point the actors are going to (sighs) start or at least tried to test creating their own content. And I'm not quite sure where that all falls out. I mean, I'm pretty sure they can't, right? I'm pretty sure the actors can go on their own Instagram. And well, they do to talk about the strike. Of course, yep. But at some yep. point, I mean, what, what would it take for a writer, actor, writer-actor, writer-slash-actor or a writer-plus-actor uh, to get together and start making some content. Now, it's only been two and a half weeks or whatever. Um, not more surely than that, that yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're not going to do that right now. But if we get months into this, uh, how long before a bunch of buddies who are names, you know, may, right. may, major names say, right. you know what? Let's take our iPhones or actually probably more likely our expensive, uh, you know, video (laughs) equipment and lighting that we happen to own ourselves. And actually, I have this idea for this little thing that we can make. That'll be fun. That we could put it up on YouTube or whatever. And it'll be interesting to see. I also wanted to point out there was one other name that appeared at Comic-Con under interesting circumstances. It was Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Curtis was at Comic-Con because she wrote a graphic novel. Oh, cool. It was just, I, I, I don't want to go into the whole thing, but she had a really cool idea for a graphic novel. She met somebody that actually she likes that does graphic novels. They collaborated, they created this graphic novel, and she uh, was going to go to Comic Con anyway mm-hmm. to promote this graphic novel, not anything, you know, movie or TV or anything that she was doing. Right. And though she's in plenty right now. Um, and she, did that and of course couldn't talk about anything to do with movies or film right or movies film and tv and all that. but she did um uh you know t- uh, go and make her appearance yeah, just like today did only only specifically talk about it i i have a friend that uh, uh told me it was basically it was like wow this is so this is the year that comic-con is actually about comics
0: oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny so yeah. have I told you my theory of how, um, uh, the, um, uh, the writer strike from probably 20 years ago, yeah.
1: um, is leading to oh, the yeah. downf-
0: downfall of democracy?
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. I uh, think we've, we've covered that before. Have we
0: covered that one? Yeah. yeah. Oh and yeah. It's the fact I mean... that it, it spawned reality TV, which spawned certain personalities, which spawned all sorts of things. So yeah. Oh
1: yeah.
0: Um, interesting. Yes. So um... how's your phone?
1: Oh yeah, so I wanted, I, this will be quick. I just wanted to follow up on something I talked about months ago and promised I would follow up. I replaced my landline with voiceover IP, VoIP, and went with a, uh, a service, uh, VoIP.ms. Um, basically, I'm just doing internet uh, an internet phone line. So I okay. took my landline phone number and I ported it over from my landline company that mm-hmm. was charging me $150 a month for voice and internet, mm-hmm. my new place, I have Google Fiber. The Google web has fiber at one gigabit mm-hmm. for seventy bucks, right? So I didn't want to get the landline just for voice. I didn't want to get the landline at all, but I wanted to keep the number, right? So I signed up with that VoIP company. I got myself the little Grand Grand Central or whatever it's called, Grand something uh, box for forty bucks to hook mm-hmm. into my uh, into my network. I configured it through the website. And set it up uh, so that my ported landline number that I've had for a long time now just uh, rings through this box to the same telephones I've used all along. Mm-hmm. And I got it all set up. I, was, I talked about how happy I was with a million features that I could cut ways I could customize my landline, including mm-hmm. getting my voicemail as email. Right, um, uh, you know, which is much better than actually having to get home and then see the blinking phone, um anyway, I set that all up, but the thing I didn't know back when I did this is how much it was it really going to cost me. It looked like it was going to be amazingly cheap, but now that I'm three months in, I can report that I've spent approximately three dollars a month <laughs> on this phone now that's now, so before I was paying one fifty right, pretty consistently for years, right. And now I pay seventy dollars, which is all my internet through Google, right? right. And I pay three dollars, one dollar fifty cents of that is the nine one one service, and that <laughs> that goes that's a pass through that goes straight through to the local nine one one, you know, Denver, Colorado, right? right? The same dollar fifty that I would pay through any like landline company, okay, um, yep, yep. yeah, for that service. And what that gets me, by the way, is I can go into the interface and put you know, my address and all that. So if that number comes up on nine one one, they know exactly where I'm calling from. Right. I could even put some other information there, which I'm tempted to put, you know, there's like an other line. Right. So putting something like your mobile phone number, other stuff that might be Mm -hmm. useful in Mm an emergency. Anyway, but anyway, buck 50 of the $3 goes towards that. 85 cents is the fee I pay every month to the VoIP company. And then the rest is the pennies that I pay for usage. So every minute, I pay a fraction of a penny for a phone call, um, in or out, and it's always come to about like last month, July, three dollars <laughs> and one cent. Yeah, I know. That's, I feel like I'm getting awesome. away with something. You no know. And it, oh, and it works. It works great. It works. Uh, we have. Uh, we don't notice any difference. The phone rings. The caller ID comes through. The we make phone calls. It it the dial tone sounds the same, even though I can customize it to make it sound different. Right. With something I'm gonna do at some point just for fun. <laughs> um everything works uh great. Um and yeah, I can I can anytime I want, I could forward it to my mobile phone. I could right. forward from my mobile phone to it, I can do all sorts of weird things that I still haven't taken advantage of, even having weird phone tree like number sequences, you know, you have reached, you know, press one, if you want to press two, if you want to, you know, I could do all sorts of weird things, Um, but I'm not, I'm just paying $3 a month and, and it's great. So there you go. Cool.
0: Um, Yeah. Throw a link to that service in the, in the show notes, which is so that uh, people can uh, uh, go to it. mm -hmm. All righty. So Three weeks ago, we did an ain't it cool. Let's do another. Ain't it cool. Mine for the the first, I've got two. The first one, I'm just going to be completely honest and say this is pure therapy Mm -hmm. um, in the sense that uh, it's a YouTube channel that for some reason is incredibly therapeutic to just watch. It is the hydraulic press channel. And (laughs) Exactly as the name implies, they put things, they crush things with a hydraulic press. Some of the things are, you know, behave as expected. Um, you know, they, they, they crushed a Barbie the other day and yep, she squished quite nicely. Um, but they do things like uh, uh, crushing bowling balls, crushing blocks of steel. They crushed a, uh, uh, a sledgehammer. Uh, just all sorts of interesting things. The ones that really get me, there are two styles that, that that just crack me up. One is when they um they crush a stack of paper or post-it notes or um playing cards, a stack of playing cards. Because hmm. what will happen is the pressure will build, will build, will build, and then the stack of paper explodes. Um, it's amazing to watch. Ooh, okay. And okay. then the other the other one that they do is um they will they have a Uh, Most of the the crushing that we've talked about are basically two flat surfaces that just meet and press against one another and whatever's in between gets crushed. They have another style where they have, I don't know, I'll call it a very, very shallow bowl. And then the thing that crushes into it fits within that bowl. But the thing that pushes down also has holes drilled in it. It's Mm -hmm. hard to explain, but what happens is um, they will do something like um, crush a bag of Skittles or a lot of Skittles or a lot of M&Ms or something like that. And what will happen then is it'll get to a certain point and then all of a sudden, fountains of Skittle segments will just explode from these holes in the thing that's pressing down. Uh, They've done candles and you get these long streamers of wax that come out. Um, It's like I said, it's really interesting. It's really weird. And for some reason, for me, it is incredibly therapeutic. Um, I've got another one of these on deck that's also therapy that I'll save for next next episode. Um, but yeah, Hydraulic Press Channel. And there's others. There's more than just this channel. There's other folks doing this. But this is the one that I think is getting the most, uh, the most press. The other one on a slightly more serious note um, is a podcast called No Stupid Questions. And if you've read the book Grit... Um, this is Angela Duckworth and a co-host talking about a bunch of different things. And I happened to listen to a few episodes um, in the last couple of weeks, and they've really touched on some interesting um, social, psychological, just interesting stuff. Um, and literally, no stupid questions. Um, and it's just, it's just a fun listen. Uh, and I actually walk away feeling a little bit smarter. So cool. no stupid cool. questions as a podcast and the Hydraulic Press channel just for raw destructiveness.
1: Awesome. Um, so I finished a book. Uh, it, it, you know, long time listeners will know that in addition to tech books and sci-fi books, I enjoy kind of survival books. Um, and uh, I read one that's been on my list for a long time that really surprised me. And it's a book called Jungle by Yasi Ginsberg. And it's about a, a guy He was a kid at the time, really, who uh, went on a jungle hike with some buddies in Bolivia in 1981. And, um, and things went wrong for a while. He ended up alone and improbably surviving uh, a few weeks alone in the jungle there uh, up against all sorts of things. So it's a fascinating book. He's a really good storyteller. Uh, so, you know, which makes the book, uh, that much, uh, you know, better. And the funny thing is, is that I really thought it was a, uh, like a minor book. Sometimes when you do audible, you can get fooled because you can see the number of reviews and, you know, and see that it's like kind of low. Mm-hmm. And if it's, but if it's an older book, it's like, oh, it was, it was read by a lot of people, you know? actually, you know, actually write on paper and then audible came later. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't realize how popular it was until I was almost done. And I decided I wanted to look up something on a map. So I typed in the, the name of the book and the author and pictures of Daniel Radcliffe kept coming up and which made no sense until I realized, oh, this was made into a movie some years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Starring Daniel Radcliffe. And I was like, well, that's a treat. Cause I'm at the perfect part. I was like 90% done. So it was like, perfect. I can hold off, finish this book. And I, as it turned out, I watched the, uh, I think it was on Amazon. I was able to download it, watch it on the plane. Um, so it was a decent <laughs> movie too. It's good summer. You know, basically if they had filmed it as is, it would have been like a 12 hour movie, right? right? Uh, so the, to condense it to two hours, they combined a lot of things, but they didn't really, it didn't go too far from the mark in the movie. But anyway, yes. a, a cool survival type uh, book usually the stuff I read's like desert or lost at sea. So actually, having a jungle survival story was uh, kind of interesting.
0: Expanded your repertoire.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
0: Um, in terms of blatant, absolutely blatant self-promotion, uh, obviously in the last three weeks, we've had a number of articles posted, but the one I'm going to uh, post people or point people to is one called, How Can Four Random Words Possibly Be More Secure Than 16 Random Characters? This is something I think a lot of people have a hard time uh, getting their brain around when we, folks like us, propose that they use what are called phrases, essentially mm-hmm. multiple words instead of random characters. And indeed, um, you know, multiple words can be uh, more secure. Uh, People wonder, well, if I only have to guess four things, isn't that easier? And the short answer is no, just because there are so many more words than there are characters. Mm. Anyway, there's a bit of an explanation, some really large numbers um, at askleo.com slash 158497. I had a fun time uh, thinking through that possibility and, and basically coming up with those large numbers.
1: Well, um, and I'll point to the aforementioned episode 3000, because Yay. the episode itself is actually, I, I don't like to waste the, an episode on just a, hey, sure. the, this is episode 3000. That's it. Bye. Um, I, <laughs> I, I go through some of the, my most frequently asked questions. Cool. So, yep.
0: Very cool. Well, I think that pretty much wraps us up for yeah. this week. The show notes for this week are at tehpodcast.com slash teh199. If you've got a comment or a question for us, leave a comment on the show notes page and we will absolutely see us. Thanks, as always, for listening. And we will see you here again real soon. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.